0: Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher.
1: Hey, this is Jeremy Ronick. Hi, this is Travis Sanem. Hi,
0: I'm Joel Faraby. Hi,
1: this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. Hey, We're you're listening, listening to
0: too. Snow the goalie. the
1: goalie. Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie.
0: Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie. <laughs> oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Snow the Goalie the 200th episode. Oh my God, it's been 200 episodes of this show. And don't worry, we're not doing that thing that a lot of podcasts do where they say, this is my favorite moment from our 200th episode. This is our favorite. We're not doing a best of episode because there hasn't been a lot of best stuff. Well, there has been with this show, but not with the Flyers since we've started doing the show, but we are excited. Episode number 200. If I, if my math is correct, this is episode 66 since Bundy joined, uh, but episode 200 overall, Uh, that that we've done of this show Uh, really excited the the flyer season is over Uh, our national nightmare ended a few months ago or a few weeks ago when Chuck Fletcher was let go there there actually does appear to be some hope on the horizon we want to get into that we have some other housekeeping things I think uh, take care of as well and as we went to hit record today within I don't know a minute before we hit the record button news broke out of Pittsburgh Ron Hextall Fired by the Pittsburgh Penguins. They missed the playoffs one season. I know it was a long record, but they, they miss it one season. Hextall, out. Burke, out. Pryor, out. That's decisive leadership. I, I, I guess for the Flyers, better late than, than ever on Fletcher. Let me introduce first a man that I've done this show with, I guess for 200 episodes. I think that we've both been on all 200 or, or may, no, we've missed one. I missed one. I think I missed one. Maybe well, I missed keep one. in mind, I
2: also missed a couple. I mean,
0: oh, that's right. You had the Rona. There was the time at the 610 studio. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 200 episodes, most of them with the man next to me, Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at and Be honest. Did you think we'd ever get to this point?
2: No. Five years with you, Russ. That's a, that's a, that's a jail sentence right there, man. That's right. (laughs) Because that's what it's been. It's been five years. We started this. I believe our first episode was, um, our first real episode was the first week of April 2018. It and, was and
0: April 1st. It was and, April Fool's Day. The joke's go. been on us, buddy. <laughs> ever
2: since. Ever since the joke's been on us. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's great. It's awesome. I'm I'm excited that uh, we've reached this this milestone, but it's not the last one. We have many more ahead. So good stuff. Oh, and by the way, the hockey season, the Flyers season's over. So, you know, that, that's why you were maybe dancing in the beginning. Like, we finally got through yet another terrible year. <laughs> which, you, well, you which mean, if you, I recall you correctly, it, Bundy, didn't we kind of say that this was what it was going to be all along? Right. I mean, we,
0: that was going to be my well, transition there. We're, and we're, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's funny. you're you're celebrating that the season's over and here's one of the guys from the show who told you, I don't know, before the season even started that the season was over. And that of course is Chris Terry Bundy find him on Twitter at C six. How are you doing you beaut? I'm doing great guys. I mean, I, I want to say like, Oh, we're, you know, we're
1: the all knowing gods of hockey. We're not. <laughs> We're just, but we are with the Flyers. (laughs) Listen, I, I, you know, know, if you're going to be honest with the fans, and that's one thing I'll take the greatest bit of pride in, is that if you come on here, I might sound angry sometimes. I might be in a good mood. I might be in all kinds of different moods. But what I am saying is that we're never going to lie to you. And from what I see, when I look at the team from and guys, I've said, like, we've said this, you know, I've people sometimes question me, I said, like, they should have made started this five or six years ago. We're in 2023. Now, the wheels in motion should have started in 2017. They didn't. All right. We got, you know, as you just said, Hextall. You know, there's so many moving parts in all this, guys, like going back to GMs, to regime changes, to new GMs, to the bullshit that's come out of a lot of different pipelines trying to spin this. Um, I'm proud that we didn't spin it. We never did. It wasn't because we didn't want the team to do well. There's nothing I want to see more than 20,000 people in the building every night and a chance for a parade on Broad Street and then maybe even sneak on the back of one of the backs of those fire trucks if I can. Um, but you know what, like, I, I just I just feel like that the way it went in the summer, like, we did nothing last summer, you know, there was no valuable moves. Uh, the draft, again, I, they picked high, uh, you know, and they got a, a kid that we they think is going to be a bright part of the future. But when you're picking fifth, you're going to get something, you know, and that, that's the way it is. But, you know, for people to have gone through what they did, and um, have, have bullshitted, I think, the fans from a lot of other platforms. Um, I think that's shameful. Um, you're never going to be able to look me in the face with any kind of honesty and say that you were telling the truth because you weren't. You were doing it for your own agenda. Um, and, and I'm going to say this, and Anthony knows it too. The more truth you tell and the more integrity you have in these jobs, or whatever it is, better things will come back to you at the end of the day for having the fortitude of being honest. And there's a reward for that. Um, I know that. So, um, you know, it's been uh, the, the thing guys, I know we, 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 we shape shift every week and, and I'm, and I go on Twitter and I break balls sometimes, whether it's other people, most of everyone's my friends on Twitter. I like everybody. Um, but this has been a good thing for me. Congratulations to you guys. You guys are the ones that started the two the, to get us to this point. I was happy to jump in when i wanted a platform to continue talking hockey and you guys provided that uh this is your show guys and i'm proud to have uh, jumped on the back end of it and uh real proud to have a a platform to talk um but i think the best part about it is we have integrity and and that's that shines through the articles we write uh, the anthony stuff you do the communications you have russ you're doing a lot of falling in more of a mediator role now like a you know, the guy with the delivery i think everybody has a, has a is a good spot and still injecting your own personality in the show so it's pretty unique guys i like it it's interesting um but it's bullshit free and that's the best part about it because when you turn this on i want everybody to know you may not agree with my opinion or russ's or anthony's but it's our opinion it's no one else's and it's truthful and it's always for the betterment of the team down the road as much as it might hurt in the present so um, congrats, guys, to the two of you in 200. And I'm just really pr- proud to, to be here. I intend to be back again next year. How about that? I'll just keep on. Uh, I'll <laughs> just keep on doing this till someone just tells me I can't do it anymore. You know, it's too much <laughs> to fun the wheels, once The week.
0: wheels fall off. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly
1: right. So you know what? But I, but I think that is, guys. To me, I th- thank you uh, for letting me talk. I'll hand it to Anthony. But that's the part I want the fans to know. As we do this from with from the bottom of our heart, we have passion about it. I know I have tons of passion for everything I do in life. But I still have a lot of it for the Philadelphia Flyers and and what this looks like moving forward, and uh, and I'm glad to have a platform
0: to do it. So take it away, boys. It's All yours.
2: That's a far better monologue than I could have come up with, Russ.
0: That was really good. He, you know, nice. what? he just he did a nice nice little boost there for us. That might have to be a a, a future uh, part that just kind of sits on the. YouTube I didn't want I didn't want By to sound way. like Jordan
1: Belfort and not uh, like the Wolf <laughs> Wolf. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> So well, I wanted to do a little bit more tactful, boy, uh, guys. So anyway. That's which actually
0: reminds me, uh, you know, I, I brought this up last week. We did a delay. So we're testing some stuff here. We're testing to see how well people can follow directions. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you. Like, obviously, we love people who listen to the podcast. But we've seen that uptick in the number of people who watch the show on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash at snow now we've picked up enough subscribers there that if you actually just type in Snow the Goalie into the uh, into the search bar, the channel does pop up now. For a while, it wasn't. So subscribe to Snow the Goalie's uh, YouTube account. We're gonna do some fun stuff there this summer. I, I, I've i kind of started to touch on it a little bit with these guys. Um, there are a few different ways that I think we can kind of continue to build and grow and, and do some interesting stuff. Um, I, I fully plan on clipping up old episodes of the show and popping them into uh, the shorts section of of YouTube, because I think a lot of that is is fun. It goes viral. By the way, I've now learned that because the uh, pro wrestling podcast that I've been working on for a while is like set for launch and has like kind of gone up. It's now called It's Just Wrestling. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts and it's on YouTube and it's everywhere. But I- I've had like some shorts and some reels on Facebook that have just like blown up I know pro wrestling is different, but like if, if I can do that with pro wrestling, I don't know why we couldn't do that with Philadelphia Flyers. So um, some interesting stuff. So make sure you go follow the um, the account there. I want to throw some numbers at you guys really quick before we get into you know the meat and potatoes of this episode and and about you know kind of putting putting a bow. I don't know what color bow, but putting a bow on this season. So we've this is now episode two hundred. I want to run people back really quickly through like where this thing started. So it was it was April first, twenty eighteen. The first guest, if I remember correctly, was Alex Lyon, was the first interview that Anthony did. No. Uh, and that was, well, hold on. Not Alex Lyon. The, yeah, the first one. We had Hextall Travis, we Travis Sandheim was my first. Was it Sanheim? Yes. Was it? Okay. So yeah. Sanheim was the first one. It was like a seven or 11 minute interview. I didn't know it especially. Okay. So Sandheim yeah. was the first. Hexstall. We had Hextall on for a while. Hextall kind of laid out a lot of what the plan actually was and how he was going to build the team. And at that point we started to make some waves in the little flyers podcast community. All right. Where we acknowledge that there are other podcasts, but we're the only flyers podcast. Alex Lyon was on the show. Uh, We had Jordan wheel on the show who did give us, I think still to this day, the best story, the guy at the uh, minor league hockey game who chugged a beer out of his prosthetic leg. If you haven't, (laughs) Gone back and listen to that episode uh that's that's back i believe it was episode 16 it might have been episode 17. uh i think it's episode 17. That, go back and listen that was to a that great interview yeah uh hartnell was on that was when he was getting honored at a game uh we interviewed him in like the bowels of wells fargo center we had dale weiss on the funny thing about the dale weiss interview was he said a couple of things that rocked the boat enough that he got released 12 hours later. Like the episode went live. You started getting a few texts from people in the organization. Yep. And by the next morning, Dale Weiss was let go. Sorry, Dale. We um, <laughs> had Mike McKenna on, who called us suitcase- <laughs> No, yeah. he was great. No. It was a great okay. interview. Hold on a second. Now I know I said we weren't gonna do this with this episode, but in fairness, it is funny. <laughs> it Weiss came on and said that some guys spend way too much time on Twitter on the bus worried about what other people are saying, which some people took to mean like Nolan Patrick, but what we all really know is it was Jake Voracek, who's a gutless coward when it comes to social media, who blocked, I don't know how many thousands of Flyers fans blocked media. He might be a nice guy, I have no idea. The guy blocked me, like, I don't know, the first year we did this podcast. Very strange, just weird behavior by a multimillionaire, but whatever, live your life. Never blocked me, Uh, by the way. Well, of course he didn't, you're a brown noser. So uh, McKenna was on the show, the the biggest suitcase in the game. We had Scott Gordon on when he was the interim coach. That's actually an interview that I think has stood the test of time because so many of the points that he touched on about connecting with this generation's players is what you're starting to hear more in the mainstream now. That was a really fun interview that we did. We had Bob Clark on who talked about beer and golf and- Beer. It's just a lot of beer. A lot of of beer, having a a beer. We had Homer on, we had Homer on at one point, Uh, I think he came on twice, but he came on once uh, back in 2019. We did an, an, a crossover episode with Stick to Hockey. We had Bill Meltzer on. We did that Flyers roundtable, the podcast and, and media roundtable at one point. Frank Saravalli was on. Mertidis hopped on. Vino was on. That was a fun interview. That was a good one. And that's, I believe, also still on uh, YouTube as well. We had Riley Cote on before he joined Nasty Knuckles. That was a that was a show. JVR joined us from the tarmac uh, when the team was getting ready to fly out somewhere, when we were doing the show on 610. By the way, I think when we did the show on 610, Anthony, I think we did 20 episodes. It might have been 16, but we did it from the fall up until the new year, just before pre-COVID. Yep. So I, I think it was about 16, 20 episodes, something like that. You can go back and listen to us, you know, banter with our, our old producer, Ryan Lennox. We had Niskanen was on the show. Konechny came on the show. Farabee, who I think eventually came on two or three times. Like Colby Cohen came on when he was still working with the um, the network. He popped over into the six ten studio. That was either when you were dying of COVID That's or when like was, yeah. He, okay, he, yeah. Did he show off his so, ring? <laughs> I don't remember if he was
2: wearing the ring. I I, I remember he came in. <laughs> he I thought he was. He filled in for me in studio. Yes. Uh, Did he have his had, ring on? <laughs> I was I was in on a deathbed. You'd have to ask Ron.
0: I don't think Anthony understands the reference, so we're gonna we're just gonna keep going. Uh <clears throat> Scott Lawton did an interview with Anthony, as did Derek Grant in the locker room. Uh back pre that was also pre-no, that was pre-COVID. That was had to be pre-COVID. That was pre-COVID, yeah. COVID, yeah. Um, let's see, we had oh, Prop came on, Canuble came on. That was the summer that we had all of the uh the former flyers on. We had uh Dave Isaac was on, Deneen came on, Peter Luco, that was an interesting one. We had Chief Craig Baruby on, Hitchcock. Bundy's favorite coach came on. Uh, Poolin was on. Briere. This is before, uh, obviously. Briere took the role that he did. We had Pronger on. Sharp. <laughs> that, uh, that, Nrd.
2: The, right that, that Pronger interview, I believe, was one of our highest rated. I think that was one of the ones that got up to number five uh, nationwide when we were. Uh, I think that was uh, a, tracking yeah.
0: it. Yeah. That that sounds about right. Yep. Uh, Derek Settlemeyer on before he started on Nasty Knuckles. Uh, we had Keith Primo on. And then things started to change a little bit. So things started the, to
2: pivot. The, the primo one keep in mind was a very very uh re, it was a great interview. I will recommend people go back and listen to it because he, there were two great things about that. One um where he talked about, you know, he actually broke down on the show if you remember Russ where he was he, he was crying a little bit about, you know, mm-hmm. the end of his career. But even more so, he talked about how Nolan Patrick should stop playing hockey. Which was a real fascinating thing, and then all, lo and behold, what? A year later, year and a half later, he's not playing hockey anymore, right? So, yeah, it was a really
0: fascinating interview. Yeah, and and just to be clear, he didn't say Nolan Patrick needs to stop playing. He said if these are the certain criteria, if yeah, yeah. all like pretty much, if he can't live a decent, healthy, happy life away from the ice, he shouldn't be playing. And that that he, you're right. And he broke he broke down, he cried on that episode, like it was like kind of bared his soul, which was. I don't know, and I think that was one of those moments where we looked at each other and we're like, you know, I think we're doing something well, I, right here. Bundy you know? was
2: he was he that type of guy in the with you guys in the locker room? Was he that kind of open and honest and and emotional, or no. was that something that came up after the fa- after? No, you know? no, yeah, not not, not not
1: at all. To be honest with you, yeah, like I'm not. He I liked. Uh, yeah, it was a good teammate. I mean, he was a he was a heck of a hockey player when he got going. Like he was, you know, very very impactful. But no, that was not part of it. He was more of a he's a captain he was more of a one voice type of leader mm-hmm. uh you know it, it was just different i mean there's different types of captains there's some captains in safety but I, I i you know he was good He was a good good leader
2: yeah i didn't know i didn't and know, if I, didn't I, know if that... yeah
1: that was not, but he wasn't a guy to cry in the room like in front of the team never you know <laughs> so it's obviously impacted him. i have no problem like listen guys i mean after yeah. what i've gone through in my life everybody has ups and downs and stuff and you come out the other side of it you know and and uh but I know the concussion stuff. Like I had concussions too, lots of them. It impacted my, my hockey end of my career, into my afterlife. While I was still going through a lot of other things. So, but I know how much the concussions meant to Keith and you know how much it, um, it impacted his life afterwards, you know? Uh, so there's a lot of guys, um, that that's been like that, but, um, no, he wasn't like that. You know, it's funny when you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Clarkie and hitch, I just, I'll change it to a little bit of a light tune when Coatsy actually kind of throws back the Coatsy a little bit here too, with, his retirement congratulations by the way uh, i remember once they they said Coatsy said i'd like to have hitch on for coachy's corner and clarky said do they have a corner big enough for hitch
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was referencing his ego his ego is what he was referencing
1: yeah that's right Aunt, right yeah that's right sure they got to he goes uh do they have a corner big enough for hitch <laughs>
0: Oh, we were man. having a nice family show. Yeah. We, were. we were, we were, we've now fat shamed. I just didn't want to forget that. money hasn't F-bombed yet though. And we're 17 minutes in. So I think that's a, a sign of a good week. we start.
1: almost made it last
0: week. <laughs> I know only, only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, all right. To, to finish up this, we had, uh, there was a time we had Kiprios on. And then the next week we had on Jeremy Roenick. And then we made a pivot. We kind of started getting out of the interview game a bit. Um, And if I remember correctly, the last interview we did that year, that was 2021 in that summer. It was when we had um, Chuck Fletcher on and Fletcher told some really interesting stories, including getting in a fist fight as a kid, which there was a moment where I was like, you know what? This guy might send our team to hockey hell, but like there might be a fighter in this guy after all. There wasn't, there wasn't. Uh, And then this is where things changed. Episode uh, 121, I believe it was. I kind of glossed over over this. Episode 121 is when Bundy came on for the first time. That's when we started planting the seeds of like what could be down the line. We, we started to kind of, I think, maintain a, a little bit of communication. And then it was uh, episode 134 is when Bundy officially came on board. That was September 1st of 2021. And it's been rainbows and smiles ever since. Uh, I, I would say in the, in the grand scheme of things, you know, this show changed for the better when Bundy came on board, Bundy added a, a new element to the show. I think it took us a little bit of time to find the balance here. And I still think it's my fault and probably my responsibility to get Bundy more involved on this
1: show. You know sometime. what though guys, can I say something? I, I really, honestly, guy, like I've worked with partners in radio and TV. And, like, me and Tim Saunders, you know, he would challenge me when I first started a little bit because I was new. And I think he realized pretty quick, like, I was on point. Maybe didn't always look like I was, but I was always on point. The TV was entirely different. Uh, but this has been – I'll be honest with you, the, the, the chemistry that we built, I mean, it was just, it, pretty much as easy as anything that I've gone through in broadcasting and the way that everyone morphed into things. I will say this to the fans – we're not opposed to doing anything that you guys want. If you want to have a more of a player interview back, sometimes I'm all for that. I think what happened was, and Anthony knows this, I came in an era, before, and I'll say this, and I, and I think most of my teammates would say, I was kind of the end of an era before social media came in. I believe in, Anthony, you know this, if there was social media when I played, I have a feeling there would have been a lot of social media on, on my back in the time that I played. Right. I was the guy in the locker room that was, a lot of the life of the party, you know, I had to, I enjoyed that being part of it. I mean, Clark brought me back his last year to keep the room light a lot of ways. You know, they weren't sure what the chemistry was like in 2005, six. So I think what, what it is is people get a glimpse of what it was then. Uh, we had a lot of big personalities, you know, on that team, funny guys, and everybody was different. It's no different than building a podcast team or a radio team or a TV broadcast team. Everybody's different, and you have to find a way to morph those together. But yeah, in, in my playing days, uh, you know, I put it in a book. There's a lot of guys, like Jonesy said, if there's any, I don't read books, but if there's any book I'd read, it would be Bundy's. <laughs> so, so I think, uh, you know, we that's why I think that there was an understanding coming in that there'd be a little bit more flair for storytelling. Uh, some comedy stories uh, that i added to it but um it's it's no different and i say that because i love we love having players on or coaches you know to ask them about different things and i think it's important so you know we go with how the fans think a lot of ways uh, and try to do the job for them uh, while also keeping things light but serious when we have to go in that direction as well
0: i agree i think that there's a good chance that this summer will We'll look to do a few interviews, Bundy. I think there are a few teammates of of yours that I'd be interested in in hearing from this off season,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: including some who listen to the show. Like, I just think that there's there's a little bit of meat on that bone, uh, and and it's one of those things that I think people really look forward to, especially in in the summer when you're trying to. I don't know, like this this is the thing that I struggle with with the Philly fan base, especially with the Flyers fan base. I, I, maybe it's just me. I assume that everyone who's a Flyers fan is also like a, a Phillies fan and that like, they might be budding union fans in the summer because the team's good. And that when the season starts up, they're going to be Eagles fans and they might also check in on the Sixers. But like, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that like for some people, when the Flyers season is over, that's it for their sports fandom until the next Flyers season starts. Now, I'm not sure how big that group is anymore, but there are people like that. So I feel like it's it's kind of our responsibility to make sure that we stay consistent throughout the summer and that we bring those kind of like special attractions to kind of keep things interesting for those fans. Because if you're not a Phillies fan or if you're not a fan of any of the summer sports, like that probably does suck for a few months when things just kind of go dormant. So we're, we're gonna do our best, I think, to, to keep those people engaged. Um, you mentioned something earlier, Bundy, that I, I think we should probably address. We've always been, forthright and i think we've always been pretty honest about our opinion when it comes to how this team is covered not just by us but by others you know there there are like people and there are shows and there are people on twitter who subtweet or who you know reference they never name because they they don't want to run the risk of there being a receipt for people to point back to it's kind of gutless and the loser way to live but there are people who do it and then there are people who like actually do Call people out by name, and there are people who take fans to task or other media to task. And what we saw going into this year is something that I want to revisit. Last year, uh, in the preseason, leading into the season, the Flyers did their little roundtable. It was the the radio, TV, and I believe like the podcast network people sat around a table. So there was like Coatsy, and there was. Jim Jackson, I think Tim Saunders was on there, Martinez was on there. It
1: looked like an SNL there. skit, it did. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Did. I don't remember who else was on it. I, I feel like there was one, one more person, I genuinely don't remember. And one of the things that stuck out that we talked about at the time was, we looked at this team going into the season and said, this isn't a good team. And this is even, I believe, before it had been publicly confirmed, we talked about it on the show, that Sean Couturier was going to miss significant time, that Cam Atkinson could miss time, that Faraby wasn't expected back until December, like all those things. And we said, this team isn't good, and Chuck didn't do a very good job of building this team. And we were very loud about it. And there are our fans, to their credit on social media, are very loud and vocal about the things that we say. And that roundtable, largely rejected the notion that this team wasn't going to be good and pretty much said, like, fans don't know what they're talking about and that there are some media people who are trying to be sensationalist. I had been called, uh, what the hell was the word? Disingenuous, that my takes on the team were disingenuous. When we look back on it now, we were very correct about this team. Yes, there were a few other injuries that, that caused some problems, but this wasn't a good team. And even with John Tortorella raising their floor, it wasn't a good team. So we were right about that they weren't, I don't expect them to come out and publicly apologize for being wrong. But I do have to bring up this point and and ask you guys where you're at. I think it's hard for a fan base when you are told things aren't as bad as some people are saying. It's like sticking your fingers in your ears. And I don't wanna go as far as to say like state-sponsored propaganda, but like when you tell people that like what they very clearly see is not a good hockey team and you go out and say, no, it's actually, people don't understand what they're talking about, it's fine. When you do that enough, when you cry wolf that way enough, it it does become harder to get fans to honestly believe and buy into when things do turn around. So, Bundy, let me throw this to you first. Do you think there's a chance that because that happened and because that had happened for a, a couple of years prior, is it going to be harder for the team, the organization, whatever, to convince people that they are for real when that moment does come?
1: Well, it depends who's messaging for you, right? Like I mean, I <clears throat> you know, like part of the the issue it's, it's, this is a really multi layered thing, and Anthony could probably help me with this one as well. Um, I'll use Hextall actually. We'll go back to Hextall really quick, all right? We'll talk about him with the players, okay, in the and, and the players that he had coming here. So, the players that he drafted and brought in, he kept selling this bit to Philadelphia. Oh, the kids are on the way, the kids are oh, coming, the kids are here, and it's a new era for Flyer hockey. Yeah, the kids came. But the kids weren't as good as the next group's kids that was on another team. Let's say a younger group that had already been playing. So there was always that gaslighting. I didn't like that, and I knew it at the time. I'm like, okay, like am I watching the same thing? Then you listen to the broadcast every night, and you have broadcast. You have a broadcaster selling Provorov like he's Raymond Bork in 1985. That's not fair to the player. That's not uh, fair to the organization, especially when the player does not live up to the expectations that somebody's trying to sell. So there's a whole group of things that go together in it. And that's why I always felt, just be honest. Even if it, if some fan doesn't want to hear it, or the organization doesn't want to hear it. If you lie to your fans or you oversell what you think you have, or maybe it's not as good as you're trying to sell, that's a problem. Because now you've lied to the fan base, you've gaslighted them, um, you've made your broadcasters look like fools because they're selling the same message. And in turn, that will come back on you. So I I don't know, guys. You know what? The last game I ever did as a part of that organization with the Flyers at NBC was the Game 7 against the Islanders. That was one of the most pathetic games I've ever seen in my life. And I said it live on post-game after. Maybe somebody didn't like that. But was I going to tell you guys, oh, you know what? After that game, you know what, guys? They had a bad night tonight, and everything's going to be fine. Let's pretend it didn't happen. We're going to go in the next season with Pegasus wings, and we're going to fly through the sky. It's bullshit. It's a lie. So whether I got fired for being honest about it, at least the fans know that you're not going to get bullshitted here. But if you have people going out and saying, oh, man, look at these kids. These kids are great. They're okay. They're good. But they're not better than other seven or eight other teams' kids or 12 or 14 other teams' kids. So that's the part that I hated the most. It's gone back years. It's probably gone back to when Hextall was starting to pick higher in the first round. And then started gaslighting and overselling using the media in the city to do it. That's what happened. And you know, that's exactly what happened. And Anthony knows that's what happened too. And And now what's happened is you've got other people. It
0: didn't end with Hextall.
1: They're on the back of everyone else now. So then you got everyone else scared out of their minds that maybe they're gonna get axed to the back door because they said something negative. Tell the truth. Don't lie to the fans about a team that's shitty that you're saying is good. Because even the most average fan knows in this city what real hockey is. So if you're gonna go out and you're going to mushroom cloud everything and tell everyone it's something it isn't, you're going to get picked off in this town for it. And that's exactly what's happening right now.
2: Bundy's right. He's absolutely right. And and, it, and the, the thing of it is, is that with each mistake that they realized that they were making, rather than correct it, they tried a cover your ass move they try to cover your ass move that's that laugh for those of you who aren't watching youtube is rush just put up a little thing on the screen so you gotta gotta (laughs) Um, this is
0: why this is why you have to subscribe to the youtube channel this is why Uh,
2: i love being here guys (laughs) youtube.com slash but but no so they it was what it was was that that each next or each subsequent decision was a was a cover your ass move (laughs) to to prevent the message that they were sending to the fans from looking wrong. And, and that's what it was. And it, and it got progressively worse and worse and worse until they could no longer cover their ass until it became so apparent that it was bad, as bad as it was that we are where we are now. And, and, and the changes had to be made where, you know, with everything in the front office and, and you know, this is, this is the bill is coming due for all of these bad decisions. At, at the current moment so Bunny's right on and i would you know the, all, the only thing i can do to further it is is just say that like i mean every the the kids were coming and they weren't good enough so we need to add people to kind of make them look better and you kind of got away like i'll give you an example like provrov and we've talked about the six million times right okay well we brought in matt niskanen and matt niskanen made Provorov look really good and then matt niskanen retires and you don't have anybody to to make Provorov look as good right playing next to him And then Provorov goes back down again and is now turns out to be more of a, you know, a second, you know, probably a really good three and a, you know, low end two is what was what is what Provorov is at this point. Okay, that's what it's become because because you covered you covered it by bringing in the right person. But then once he left on his own volition, you didn't have someone to replace him. And so then it made the other player worse. And then you just try to make pretend that you can get by with that, and you can't. Um, and, you know, so it, you oh, know. by the
0: way, by the way, and not to interrupt, but like that president of hockey ops who watched that that good player walk away, if you remember that off season, said that uh, when Niskanen told him that he was done on his way back from the bubble, and they talked while he was on the road, that Chuck said, uh, "Well, take some time to think about it." As yeah. if, as if, like no, buddy. She's he's not coming to the altar. Like he, he's gone. He he got in his car and he, he went the other way. Yeah, the only thing
2: I can, the only thing I can, and I, I don't want to. I mean, obviously, it worked out that that was the case that he was not coming back and was never planning on coming back. Um, but I will say that you know there are times in pro sports at the end of a season, especially at the end of a long season, uh, where a player's like gets it, I'm done, and then they tell the management, management always going to say, hey, just take some time, think about it, let us know. <laughs> You know, and then they may come back. They may change their mind, right? So that, so I think that's what Chuck was hoping for, for certain. Um, it just turned out that that Niskanen was like, yeah, no, I'm good, thanks, uh, and walked away. But I mean, you could go through any number, any number of machinations, starting with, okay, Nolan Patrick, who was the wrong pick. Okay, great. So let's cover that. Let's cover our ass and sign Kevin Hayes. Okay, that was a bad signing. Right, Let's, so what are we, what are we going to do to to fix that problem, right? And they never really did, and they never, you know, they were like, well, you know, we'll bring, we'll we'll trade for this guy, or we'll bring in this guy, and you know, they'll work together, and we'll make it figured. No, no, it just never came to be, and it's just you know, now you you've reached the point where one bad mistake leads to another bad mistake leads to oh shit, we have to blow this whole thing up, and 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 kind of start over, and I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think. If we're looking ahead, I know that you know we've been doing a lot of looking back in the first half hour of this of this pod. But if we're looking ahead at this point, I think one of the things that's going to be really surprising to a lot of fans is just how willing they are to move on from legitimate assets that they have um, on this in this team. I like Danny's going to Danny's going to tell the league we're open for business on anybody on anybody like any player is available there's no one is being protected um and and i think that you're going to see some stuff happen um and there's a thought too and obviously we won't know for another few weeks um because it will ultimately depend on where the flyers land in the lottery um most likely spot that they're going to be is seven um that's kind of where they're at right now they have a 13 percent chance of moving up to one or two they have a slight chance of falling back to eight or nine but they're probably going to be, you know, 7. Um that being said, don't be surprised if Danny doesn't try and move up. If Danny doesn't take, you know, trade a player for a pick and then take that pick and with, combine with it with what, 7 he, to move up, huh?
1: But but it's but if you're talking about, so if you're
2: going to move up, right? You're it not depends. going it. Go it depends it, it all depends on who falls where, in all honesty. Right. For so let's teams,
1: but let's say it is 7, right? Let's say okay, let's yeah. say it's
0: 6. It's well, gonna go to cost six. you a ton. They can only be, one, one, two, can seven, only be eight one,
2: or nine. One, two,
0: seven, eight, or nine. Yeah. Because that's can. the that's the principle of getting jumped, right? Because of the yeah, the two lotteries they, they for they the changed first and second changed. spot. Yeah. Okay. One, two,
2: seven, eight, nine. Well,
0: yeah, what
1: yeah. I'm saying is to get into the top four, which is apparently where your money picks are, right? Yeah. Um, you're gonna have to give up a lot. Like here's here's what I'm saying is 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 is, is moving track, does Travis Konechny in the number seven pick. Get you the number three pick because it sure the hell is not going to get you Bedard. There's no chance.
2: No, no, it's not. You're not going up to one. That, that's no. not going to happen. Whoever wins the lottery would be foolish. Right. They'd be, be out of their mind. Yeah. Be out of their mind, right?
0: Nor do I Could think. we get Chuck Fletcher installed as the GM of whoever the number one <laughs> draft team is? There is hope.
2: Nor do I think you get up to two because I think Fantilli is on that. I think there's a t- there's Dards on another level. And I think Fantilli is the next level and then it goes down to Carlson and Mitch and then everyone else after that. Um, So I think that there's those tiers. So I don't think you're going to get up to even two, but could you potentially trade a player and a pick or trade a player for another pick and then trade two picks to jump up from say seven to three or seven to four. I do think that's a viable possibility. I think teams could consider that and say, you know what we need, we have so many holes. Like if you're a, if you're in Chicago, right, and you don't win the lottery, let's just say, and you fall to – and you're you're three. Blackhawks have so many holes. Do you sit there and go, well, let's see, they, the Flyers traded Provorov and they got, you know, a late first rounder out of it. Would we take seven and 25, let's just say, just random number, to move down four spots and get two first rounders in this draft as opposed to just taking Leo Carlson or taking, you know, Mitch Kafu's still four years away from being in the NHL anyway. I mean, like something like that could very well come to fruition. So I, I think moving forward, I think we're gonna see things happen really quickly. Um, I know it's 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 today's, we're recording on April 14th, the morning of April 14th. I would tell you that in the course of the next six to eight weeks, we're going to we're obviously gonna have a new president of hockey operations. We're going to see a couple of a uh, possible deals come come out, like th- things that are being discussed and talked about. Um, and then, as you get into the draft, or as soon as the as soon as the Stanley Cup is over, I think the Flyers are going to be a name that is mentioned repeatedly in a lot of in a lot of different things, in a lot of moving parts. I think I think Danny's going to be very active. Let's just put it that way. I think he's going to be a very active general manager for with in this offseason for sure uh, to try and get this thing turned around a little bit quicker than, say, five to seven years, maybe three to five, I suppose it's five
0: to seven. So I, I I have to go to this really quick because we just got tagged in it on Twitter. I just I I saw I, this. I, I just saw the same. I thing. tried. I tried not to laugh. Right, so <clears throat> Tony Androck who. Androck covers, Androck, with,
2: covers the AHL. You should cover the phantoms. Yes.
0: That's not a joke though, the itis. Are you sure? Oh, whatever. It's covers antichitis. the uh... that's his name. Okay, sure.
1: I just Correct. saw it too, Russ. I'm laughing my ass off.
0: <laughs> so, um covers cover stuff for the um for the AHL. He tweeted out just now. Um now that the news is official and Ron Hextall is out as Penn's GM, I can report a source told me not to rule out the possibility of Hextall returning to the Flyers' restructured front office, something to keep an eye on during the offseason. How do we say in a nice way, without a Bundy-level cursing, that there is no fucking chance that Ron Hextall is brought back into the front office with this team?
1: I think he just said it in pretty much the—I uh, mean— I don't want to jump the shark on this, but first of all, the fact that the guy got fired just a couple hours ago, I mean, do you think the first call that somebody from the flyers made was, Hey, are you interested in coming back here? I mean, I'm just checking out the timeline on this one and it's not adding up for me. Aunt.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that everybody's jumping the gun with, with what Andrew Kytis, um put out there and, and look, he's, he, He's very well plugged in in the AHL circle, so I don't want to make it sound like, you know, this is a total, complete, and erroneous bullshit report. Somebody probably told him something along these lines. Um, There is zero chance that Ron Hextall comes back in uh, in any, like, legitimate capacity at the top of this organization. That's not going to happen. Now, that said, could I see a situation where they bring him in to kind of run the phantoms? Because they want a separate general manager, they don't want it to be. It used to be like an assistant GM was kind of like in charge of the minor league team. Uh, now that now teams are starting to go to this um, to this new concept of actually having someone who is based in Lehigh, like it would be based in Lehigh Valley, as a general manager of the team, kind of reporting on what the team's doing, like things along those lines. Could I see him maybe doing something in scouting or something along those lines? Yeah. And that's that's crazy to say, but I could I see that I could see that, but I do not think in any way, shape, or form would he be anywhere near the top of the food chain with this organization.
0: Yeah, no. I, I agree. You're with not that. you're not expecting him to interview for president of hockey ops, huh? Yeah. It wouldn't be. Um, no. I'm just, I'm still trying to get over this. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on, on Tony and his reporting. No, I'm
1: sure he's got guys I, I don't, told him something, but.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't, know. I don't think that he like threw something out there just for, for the hell of it. Now, at the same time, the idea of putting him potentially in control of the Phantoms is absolutely absurd. And on, on, many isn't others. Macaulay
1: already doing that?
0: That's the, no, I mean, that was the, that's been the
2: rumor is that Alan Macaulay will be that guy, but it's not. That's, there's nothing that's locked in there. Um, I know Danny is is fond of Alan McCauley and likes him and, and I think wants to find something for him to do. Um, but I do not think that there is a that is a lock, stock and barrel kind of situation that Alan McCauley is definitely going to be running the Phantoms. No, I don't believe that 100 percent could happen, but I don't think it's 100 percent.
0: I guess it's probably fair for us to to take a, a moment here to acknowledge anything goofy to come out of uh, the exit interviews that happened today. To uh, to this point, as of recording, Ryan Ellis has not had an exit interview uh, this year. Uh, yeah,
2: can, by the way, Cam Atkinson, there was some interesting stuff with his exit interview. it Looks like if you, I don't know if yeah. you want to well, talk
0: about I, that. I, oh, don't worry, I I pulled it up, and okay. we're gonna we're gonna credit Charlie O'Connor here for uh, for being down there and and getting a lot of these quotes. And, and if you if you see something on Twitter that that I don't have here, uh, let me know. I want to start off with JVR really quick. We'll get to Atkinson in a second. So JVR, who doesn't have many years left in the NHL, if we're being honest, and and I, I would assume is going to land with a team for next year. But beyond that, like I can't, I cannot envision him signing a multi-year deal this off-season. JVR um, assumes that he won't be back, considering that the team's looking to get younger. And he also admitted that while he loved being a flyer, the fact that he wasn't traded at the deadline and allowed to try to chase down a Stanley Cup is very disappointing to him or was very disappointing to him. And, you know, I I know that we've kind of gone back and forth on the show about was there a market for him? Wasn't there all that on a human level? You feel bad for a guy who like very clearly didn't have a place on this team and has very limited time left in the league. And like in the past, the Flyers have moved heaven and earth to try to get those kind of guys out and, and off to chase a cup. Chemo Timonen is one that like comes to mind. Um, I wouldn't put JVR anywhere near the same level as Kimo, but the team moved heaven and earth to, to get him uh, onto a, a cup contender. Um, Ristalainen said that the first half was pretty shit. And then after Christmas, he felt like he found his game, which... Actually, I want to make sure that we touch on this too. The the awards, the end of year awards for the Flyers also came out since we last recorded. Um, he said that he appreciates Tortorella's honesty and said that he does sometimes need a kick in the ass. Kevin Hayes was a little bit interesting. Um, he said that the decisions from the Flyers on his future have probably already been made and he'll find out around the draft. Certainly sounds like he's giving or lending credence to the belief that there might be a deal in place with Columbus, something that Anthony... First brought up around the trade deadline that uh, Columbus didn't want to make that move at that time because they were tanking uh, and they also didn't want to pay the money. Uh, but it sounds like Kevin Hayes could be on his way out. Um, and said that if this is the end of his time in Philly, he'll cherish Claude Giroux's thousandth game and playing with Keith Yandel. His top memory was in the bubble when Oscar Lindblom came back for Game Six of the Islanders series. So that's cool. Like those are those are good moments uh, from Hayes. But the the more interesting thing here probably the most to come out of anything was Cam Atkinson, um, who said that he expects to be cleared for contact next week. Uh, Charlie tweets that Atkinson choked up when he uh, recalled finally feeling great post-surgery after months of misdiagnoses, uh, hearing that he had a herniated disc, choosing to rehab rather than surgery, going to Columbus to see other people to work on it, making the call to shut it down. when he was asked about how to go through the injury or how, how the injury progressed over time and how they dealt with it, he said, uh, where do I start? And that there were misdiagnoses and going back and forth between here and Columbus that.
2: So the way, the way I, the way I just kind of to (coughs) clarify that just a little bit from what I, what I understand, he had misdiagnoses by doctors here that were, they were telling him it was just a hernia, just, I don't want to make it sound like it's a, small injury but just a herniated disc and that he ended up wanting a second opinion and went to columbus to see doctors that he knew there that he trusted probably more than he trusted the doctors here and when he got there they they basically told him they said listen either you get this surgery or you're gonna he had a he has a muscle problem in his in his left arm where the muscle in his um i think it was his triceps um Atrophied. And that if he didn't get this surgery, he would never be able to play hockey again because he would never get that muscle back to where it needed to be in order to play the game. And that after three day, like three days after the surgery, like all of a sudden he felt it felt better uh, in his arm. Um, and it, it was so like immediate, like it had to get done or else his hockey career could have been over. And all along, they were just telling him it was a herniated disc when, in fact, it wasn't, and it was something else, and he needed to fuse a couple of – again, I'm not a doctor, so I can't get into real specifics about it. But um, could you imagine – could you imagine what what, what the lawsuit would have been like if he wasn't able to play hockey again because doctors misdiagnosed him? (laughs) Like, that's fascinating to me. And now you know why – you hear Tortorella say things like he said, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, when he said that, you know, there were still problems that needed to be cleaned up with the, with, with the medical team, right? Like, it's like, holy hell, man. Like, you almost cost a guy his the remainder of his career. And I don't know how much longer Cam Atkinson plans on playing hockey, whether it's one more season, two more seasons, five more seasons, but you, you cost him the ability, you almost cost him the ability to have that potential career by not getting it right yeah that's that's terrible you can't have that happen i i don't understand i i don't know i don't understand how things crazy crazy
0: thing about that too is i believe that's after um the team moved on from jim across and sal rafa who by the way we uh we set that gofundme up for earlier there you know there were some nasty people on on twitter when uh when it was announced that you know they were suing the team and that they were eventually let go, that there were some people who said, well, you know, good, they didn't do a good job. Our our players are always hurt. So um, that was after they moved on. And so uh, it wasn't them. Shocking. Shocking. Those people can pound sand, uh, those negative people out there. Um, Cam Atkinson, you have to feel good for on a human level. Here's another human level story. He's got two young kids, got a wife. Um, You know, you think about what it would be like to have the game taken away from you, the thing that you've worked your entire life for, and to have a misdiagnosis potentially, you know, derail that and, and cost you that, cost you obviously potential financial earnings down, down the road that are going to give your family financial security um, long after your playing days are done. Um, you know, good for him, seriously, like good, good for him that, that they got it figured out. That that's a nice little bit of, of positive news here uh, at the end of the season. I, I haven't seen anything else that's come out uh, from exit interviews or, or media day or whatever, but um, that's, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, I, at this point, Guys. And and Bundy, I, I don't know if there's anything that's like really pressing that you wanna you wanna hit on here. But um the the team did announce their end of year awards. Uh there was a little bit of controversy, I guess, um, about who the the team's MVP was and who the um the best defenseman was. There were a few ballots that were made public or were people who announced, you know, what their selections were uh for these awards. Uh, who would you guys, and I'll throw this to Bundy first, who would you have made the team MVP and who would you have selected as the best defenseman this year? I'm just wondering if, if it, if it lines up with, uh, where the awards ultimately went.
1: Yeah, that's uh, an interesting one. Well, For me, I think the guy like I know Hart Carter Hart won it, right? Yeah. He did win it.
0: Um, yeah, he, he won team yeah, MVP I mean, I and guess... Ivan Provarov was the, was named the best I... defenseman.
1: Yeah, I guess for the workload through the year, you know, Hart did it, uh, you know, probably. I have no problem with that. But I think connectney had the best year. Certainly, if he didn't have the injury situation, you know, later where he missed a lot of games, it would have probably been a foregone conclusion. Um, but either one of those guys, I think, would have been fine. The defenseman one is weird, you know, for me because... Um, and again, I don't want to trash anybody or, or take away from the award. I guess probably at the end of the year, I guess it's probably it's like picking the best of the worst Mm -hmm. of the year. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. why you saw guys talking about voting for sealer, Charlie O'Connor voting for York. I mean, to me, Charlie putting that out the other day is a complete slap in the face to the whole defense core. It is. You got a guy that started in the, in the league as a minors, but I understand what Charlie's saying there. I mean, he might really believe that there's some kind of crazy stat that makes Cam York like, MVP of the world. Um, and and I don't see it yet. Um, some analytics number, but and that's okay. But I think when you start seeing people mentioning like Sealer or Ristolainen or, or York as your defenseman, I think it's it's almost like saying we don't really know who to pick. So we're gonna pick the guys that probably played to the best of their ability. The guy who played probably to the most of his ability was Sealer. You know, he probably plays out of his comfort zone, did things, you know, he knows he has to stay. Um, And then, so for me, uh, yeah, I mean, the slap, this is a slap in the face award. And it's like, you're going to give it to the guy. It is. It's like, I don't want to
0: say, I can't use
1: those words anymore. No one was
0: deserving of the award. No one deserved it. So who,
1: but so who do you give it to? You give it to the guy who's the most obscure of the list because nobody deserved it. And it almost feels like really bad to give it to the guy who's supposed to be the best because if that's the best, well, no wonder the Flyers are where they are in the standing. So that's it's all double-edged in every way. You know <laughs> what I'm saying, Anthony?
0: Like yeah,
2: and, I, and, I, and I'm happy to reveal my ballot here. Um, oh. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't care. I mean, I come on. I mean, people tried to kill me last year for not picking – Connor McDavid for Hart Trophy you I know mean, the whole the whole out. city of Edmonton was like bombarding me on Twitter so it doesn't right, you know so. I don't care if I put this stuff out um for Bobby Clark I voted for Konechny. um I know Carter Hart wanted it he was my uh, number 2 choice mm-hmm. um but I, and I I felt like that was more of a toss up and I and I kind of I get why Carter Hart won it um I just think Konechny was the better was the most important player for this team um once he went out the team could not score <laughs> like i mean they went into a real bad offensive funk and i think that was the day. hart was more cons- was the most consistent player all year um but the difference maker for the team between being a you know competitive team and a non competitive team was travis Konechny. and to me he should have been the hart trophy winner and was not um and i agree barry ashby trophy i i really i did not even want to vote I almost like left it. I thought about just not submitting it. I really did because I didn't think there was a deserving candidate. But then I thought, you know what? It, it, it is it is a privilege for me to be there and, and you know, representing, you know, the uh, being a conduit to the fans. And as a result, I felt like it was my duty to at least make a vote. And I voted for the guy who actually won it. I voted for Provorov. Not because I felt Provorov was particularly good this year but when i looked at it and i said considering the roles that they played and what they were facing night in night out who handled themselves who who played their played the best possible game i guess that they could play against what they were playing considering the, the totality of the mess that was the Flyers defense and I felt that you know you're still trotting that guy out there 22 minutes a night he is playing against the best players night in night out they were in a number of games they were in games like they weren't getting blown out of games I, I mean I know Provrov's numbers were down but they weren't it wasn't to the point where he was just getting obliterated, like Travis Sanheim. You would look at his look at his game, and you would look at his stats, and be like, "This guy's getting freaking killed every time he's on the ice." You this guy's sc- Lenny
0: at the end of of Mice and Men. <laughs>
2: yeah, and and yeah. and Provorov was not getting killed. He wasn't doing anything exceptional to to be better than everyone else, or you know. But he was also not getting killed. So I looked at it that way, and I said, "Okay," and then I looked at Ristola and and Sealer, who were my number two and number three choices on the uh, on the ballot and I said these are guys that are playing well within what they're being asked to do but if either one of them was asked to be to do what Provorov is doing they would be killed on the ice and so therefore I looked at it from that perspective and said who else could do what Provorov was doing and there is no one else on that team who could and so therefore by default for no other reason I voted for Provorov who would have thought, Anthony,
1: at the end of the year that the two most beautiful flyer goals of the year would be Nick Seelers a couple months ago, a month and a half <laughs> yeah. ago, and Provorov's yeah. final flyers goal of the year last night in Chicago. Yeah. They were, without question, the two best goals in tight uh, by a couple of guys that are defensive players. Or yeah. should be. Provorov. Listen, that,
0: that Provorov goal, that Provorov goal was a, it was a, it was a, a pot of gold at the end of a big beautiful rainbow that was unbelievable just, yeah such a beautiful beautiful rainbow by the way like you could just I, cover I talked talk
2: about the changes that are going to be coming and Danny's open to anything I can I can almost guarantee at this point that Provrov will not be a flyer next year wow yeah, well we'll we'll talk more about it as we get closer to to june yeah there's a lot
1: of it's a, it's one of those mystifying ones I know there's a lot of story to be told in that there's a lot of meat on that yeah. bone. And, yeah, uh, we don't yeah. have I, enough time. I, to it yeah, yet. I think okay. I think what
2: I, what I can say what I can say now, and I think we can we'll flesh out later. What I can say now is both the team and the player want to move on from each other. I, I think that that's a fair thing to say now that they're both looking to to find different opportunities for for uh, for each other. So. For what that's worth. And I think that, and I do think you could, I think he's got value, right? I do think that there's some value for him. I think he'll get you something in return. So yeah, I think Provorov has played his last game for the flyers.
0: So this might be crazy. Um, I, I, I would have given, I, you and I kind of, we, we went back and forth about this. Connect me miss time and, and, and heart missed time. If we're being honest, the, the thing that ultimately saved hard is that Fedotov didn't come over because he would have outplayed him and taken his job. And, and in fairness, <laughs> if they had given Erson the, the amount of starts they should have, Erson probably would have taken his job too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kidding, but mostly not, but probably am. Yeah. Um, Konechny, Konechny was the team's MVP this year, a team that had a hard time scoring. He, he eclipsed 30 goals for the first time in his career, uh, bought into Tortorella, is going to be an incredibly hard player for them to move on from. I, if nothing else, He's one of the rare instances where a player played himself into a position where it could potentially have helped his trade value. Because now, if you're looking at this team from the outside, you're going, "All right, we—if we're going to try to get Konechny, who very much looks like a John Tortorella guy, off of this team, it's going to cost us a lot to do it." Yeah. And now he's and and now, you know, I know that you know, on bad teams, somebody has to score the goals, and like, there's that whole there, there's that whole thought, but um. He, he really played himself into uh, the good graces of, of the coach. And I think back into the good graces of the fans, you know, there, there there were questions, um, you know, in the off season about, you know, could he rebound, you know, is is he ever going to turn into that 30 goal score that that we all kind of thought he was going to be. So, you know, kudos to him on the, on the blue line. Like that, that is the ultimate, I don't know how you pick it. The only thing I'll say is I think Ristolainen turned it around. So if you're going recency bias, you could make a case for Ristolainen. You could. Yeah, Um, but but he was still he was still sheltered a little bit. Like he wasn't. But but, you know, in fairness, you can only evaluate based on what you're asked to do now. And and I totally hear the point that you're making about like if you if you swap A and B, there's no guarantee, or or you you assume that you know B is going to play so much worse, and it probably would. That that's probably true. Um, But it's just the thought. You know, the 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 interesting thing, and someday artificial intelligence will be able to do this for us uh, much more efficiently. But I would love, 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 for all the people who trashed Provorov getting named top defenseman, I would love to cross-reference those people versus the previous years where Provorov has won that award and also not played well that season. And I I would be very interested to see how many of those people's opinions have changed uh, based on Provorov with the the pregame skate this year. It certainly feels like some of the vitriol about him winning the award didn't have to do with his play on the ice at all. Because if you've known what you've been watching the last few years, Provorov really wasn't that much different this year than he has been in years that didn't have Matt Niskanen next to him. It's just all of a sudden the public is against him or Twitter is against him because of something that happened prior to a game. And by the way, you can, you can be as upset or not upset about it as you want. But like, let's not act like everybody's looking at this from a totally neutral standpoint. So those awards are done. Um, it'll like, be interesting to see what, I got one last aw- happens. I got one last Go awards, ahead, one ahead.
2: last awards thing I wanted to run by you guys. Um, I have to submit my vote for the NHL awards. Um, mm. I am one of the hundred seventy five voters who gets the vote for uh, all the major awards except Vesna. They don't allow the media to vote for Vesna for whatever reason. That's voted on by general managers. Um, but uh, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion for all of the major awards um this year and you know Connor McDavid's probably going to you know going to win the heart might be unanimous yeah. um Matty Beniers is is going to win the Calder um Bergeron's probably going to win the selkie again um the one that uh, that I am having a hard time with is the nars trophy and I figure since we have a former NHL defenseman on the team uh, on the program here on our team we could talk about you know what his thought process is here everybody's talking about Eric Carlson. Being the front runner is probably going to get it. Um, first 100 point season by a defenseman since Brian Leach in 92. Um, and I know plus minus is not a big thing, but how do you be, how are you a 100 point defenseman, even if, even though you're on a bad team yeah. and you're a minus player? Yeah. minus He's a minus three. And how can you sit there and justify that and say, oh, that's the best all around defenseman in the game? Like, I I can't in my head. Like, I, I, I can't sit here and honestly say I can vote for Eric Carlson. As great as his, an offensive season as he's had, I don't – and the description is best all-around defenseman in the game. I, I don't – how you can say he's the best all-around defenseman when he doesn't play good defense is beyond me.
1: Yeah, well, so what's interesting with that when you said – and I haven't paid a lot of attention, but as bad as San Jose's been this year, they have to make something interesting for their fans. So what do you do? You take the most talented player you have and said, you know what, buddy? I want you to go look like Paul Coffey in 1984 at Edmonton. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to care about defense. I don't even want you to look like you care about it. Go out, put a show on like you've done before. We're an awful team. We're not going anywhere. Um, We'll pick as shitty as we possibly can. But we want you to go out there and absolutely fucking dominate every single night. Get us 100 points. Get us minus three. We'll get you the Norris Trophy, and then we'll be able to trade you. You're right. It's not an offensive award. It should be for the most valued player around. Uh, you know, it does it in both ends of the ice. So, you know, again, Anthony, it's it's a weird one because, you know, like McCarr won it last year. Like Victor Hedman, to me, is still the best defenseman in the league. You know, when he's, he's won two cups, but he's still yeah. the all everything, right? He gets the puck out of the zone. He can play power play. Uh, he plays 26 minutes, 27 minutes a night. He can play 35 if you want him to and he's also an absolute stalwart defensively and is an unbelievable skater. That's the best defenseman in the game of hockey. Eric Carlson had the best offensive production this year. If he's on a really good team that actually cares about the playoffs and winning, you probably would see a guy like that want to get 60 points on a team like that and maybe be a plus five, you know, instead of the other way around. So that's exactly what you're saying is 100% true. Uh, It's a nice, wonderful, magical year for him offensively but what did it get his team? It didn't make his team any better.
2: Right. And so like, you know, I've been debating between guys like, you know, for my top vote, I mean, look, I'll put Carlson. I'm not going to leave him out. We get to pick five. Right. So I'm not going to leave Carlson out of the top five. Sure. Um, but you know, I look at Fox in, in New York. I think he's had a great year. Um, he started playing some PK this year too, and did a nice job there with them as well. Um, and and Heiskanen in Dallas, yeah, really really upped his offensive game. He's always been a good defensive defenseman, and upped his offensive game this year for the Stars, who I think are a team that could well be in the Stanley Cup final this year. Um, sneaky team, yep. they're yeah, they're sneaky. Uh, uh, you know, I look at a guy like that, and I say those guys to me, both of them probably deserve uh to be considered for the NARS ahead of Carlson because of their again top defenseman with greatest all-around ability is what it says on the on the vote on the thing that I have to fill out so um I, like I just that that's the one where I'm probably not going to be on board with the rest of the <laughs> rest of the league voting um but I, I think that's the one that's going to be the most interesting conversation let's put it that way I
0: think that's interesting
1: Russ, anything? How about you, Russ? Do you have any grievances you'd like to file right now? <laughs> anything that's been on your oh, mind I... through the year? Anyone that's bothered you, rubbed you wrong?
0: That oh, you wanna... I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> anything I'm not getting you want to close today. out here in the last few minutes? Uh, I'm. You know, I don't want to get in any trouble with anybody. I'm. Not right, there's me. no, I'm there's no
2: media member who you wanted to put on blaster or anything like that today. No,
0: no, because what's the point? <laughs> you know. I could say something I should I shouldn't I don't like when you goad me into this because then I'm gonna get a text from somebody in the Flyers organization who's gonna you know like you know say about how I, I can't be trusted because I, I do by the way I do these things where I go after people but you know since Aunt you know kind of put me up to it, I am just gonna say <laughs> no you know what Here, here's the only thing I have one request I have this is this is me being totally honest okay because I'm not a mean human being I might be mean on a podcast I don't know the people on twitter like there was some some guy today who said i whine a lot which might be true i'll tell you what when i had surgery a couple of weeks ago i whined that was not fun but on twitter i don't i don't whine i tell you that like something's not right and many times i'm right so my request to that person they still haven't fulfilled it as of like 4 hours later is give me an example of a time where i've gone on twitter i've said something about the flyers or about the way the team's constructed and, and I was wrong. Like, tell me where I'm wrong. You can't, because usually what's perceived as whining is me saying, like, some serious truths about the team. There is one person in Flyers Media who made it a point this year to go after my thoughts on the team, and I've already called him out for it, and I've already asked him multiple times, let's have a chat. Let's get on a show together, and let's, let's hash this one out civilly, okay? So to the lawn gnome, all right? I, all I request of you as he listens and starts making little fists. Well, uh, that's, that's not very fair there, Russ. I'm not a lawn gnome. Okay. If you're going to accuse somebody of being disingenuous or misleading or not believing what they say, then, then go toe to toe with them on a podcast. Okay. Don't just, don't just like throw it out there. I hate getting DMS from people who listen to his show and then say, oh, he's putting you on blast again. Good. I will encourage people, the summer's about to hit, go back and clip up our podcast, go up and clip the propaganda show. And I want you to put the takes about the team side by side and, and tell me who was right more often, the person who started this podcast five years ago with no real experience in media, or the person who's built their entire career around the Philadelphia Flyers, And with exposure on both major radio stations and has I don't know like a multiple of five followers on Twitter from the guy who started five years ago you tell me who was more correct about the team I'll sit back and I'll wait and I mean no ill will I mean no disrespect you got to be honest and it doesn't matter if you work for the team or not you have to be honest about where this team's at and Bundy, it comes back to what you said in the beginning you're, the the only thing that matters now for the messaging about this team is the person or the people who are doing that messaging. And if the Flyers were to keep everybody in in the same spot, all of the the front facing people the same on radio, on TV, which is really you know NBC Sports Philly, but it's still spectacle owned or Big Comcast owned or whatever, or like through their podcast channels or through like their their video content, like all that. If those people all stay the same there needs to be a conversation about being honest with the fans about what's happening. And, and the, you can't have it where the coach says that this is a longer process and the interim GM who's about to be the, the permanent GM says that this is a process. Then that message needs to be echoed by all of the people who are front facing. And when people like us sit back and we analyze the team critically through the summer about how they approach the draft and how they approach the trade, you know trades. And uh acquisitions and going into the year, and how Tortorella coaching and 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 the uh, training camp and everything. If we are critical, hold us accountable if we're wrong. If we're critical and we ultimately be and we're ultimately right, then let us know that we're right. Um, but I th- you know that that's where I'm at. Anthony did I did I uh, did I burn anybody? T- I don't think I burned anybody too bad.
2: You did great. You did great, Russ. It was awesome.
0: I'm trying not to be mean. You guys They're want fantastic. some good news?
2: I'll be hearing about I it, but it. you did great. Go Ice
0: Wars is back, boys. Ice stuff, Wars is back.
1: This Wars. right. Yeah. We got When's a whole it, where's, we got a whole where's the new next one at? July fifteenth. We're out in Wyoming and we're gonna t- start another circuit, a series uh, mm. Wyoming Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming, Vegas, maybe Florida is what I'm hearing. Some rumblings, but Why, no,
2: Wyoming's interesting. Where in where where in Wyoming? In,
1: in Cheyenne. In
2: Cheyenne. You ever been there? Ooh.
1: No, I just hope Yellowstone doesn't blow when I am. Uh <laughs> otherwise we'll be fine. Uh, Wyoming's,
2: so <laughs> a, Wyoming's an an interesting and pretty awesome place. The little Hopefully. small
1: 60000 person town. So we're we're going back there to honor our commitment from last year. So a lot of these guys play in leagues, but we're they're all fired up. I'll be back calling the events. Uh kind of have a new team in place this year. But uh we're back, boys. Ice Wars.
0: The last, awesome. of the I look to, listen, uh, the second we get the invite and the, the flights all planned out, you know, I'll be, be very excited. We'll be, you know, do a little, little, little roadshow here. Maybe, yeah, we maybe. got,
1: we got some more comments. I just wanted to throw that out there and, uh, I and like I'll, be, yeah. And I'll be of course at North Cath Northeast Catholic, uh, awards banquet, uh, communion banquet on Sunday morning, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, Mike Sealski will, is actually the Toastmaster general. Not the Roastmaster General, the Toastmaster General. Awesome. And awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, and I ended up getting a really great award from uh, a historically amazing place in, in Philadelphia. And uh, really, really proud of that and the work that I've done this year. Uh, we haven't stopped. And as I said, I'll finish up with the shameless plug, but BundyRecovery.com. BundyRecovery.com, if you can get that up, Russ. Uh, it's an easier oh, yeah. way now to reach out to us. And if you need help with anything, addiction uh, or mental health at all, uh, will be there for you and that's just a much, much easier there you go. Bundyrecovery.com, much easier way to get a hold of us and uh have some good stuff going on. So thanks for letting me plug that.
0: It's really important to note that Anthony and I don't really do anything of value in this world. Um but Bundy does. Bundy does uh probably the speak, most important speak for work. for yourself that, that, yeah okay, right. you don't do much. I listen I no, I do a no, lot of no. volunteerism my friend. Come on here, now. Here, you do here you guys go. are both we
2: good go. people I can say here that. We go. So, you <laughs>
0: no but listen Bundy Bundy's work uh, and helping people get their lives back uh, uh, and and making inroads to I don't know reconnect with with themselves and with family and with loved ones and everything like it 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 really is fantastic work BundyRecovery.com. dot com thanks guys. Um, I think it's I think it's really it's it's great work you should be commended for it uh, I know that we we tend to give you you know your flowers here but you 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 deserve them so. thanks
1: brother thank you
0: um, I want to. I still want to know why Ant thinks he's going to hear about what I said. I didn't say anything that was too incendiary. I don't know what I did. It doesn't it matter. You, you, you,
2: you, 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 you'll, I'll, be, I'll get a text message or a phone call. What's, what's wrong with your, with your
0: partner? <laughs> what's wrong with me? You just spoke truth again. Again, to quote the great Bobby Fish at some random impact taping a few months ago, folks, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Anyway, I think it's probably an okay spot for us to stop. You know, don't forget. So the goalie episode number 200, we have survived 200 episodes. Anthony survived almost dying from COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, twice now or once. Oh, the second dying. one was- Hold <laughs> second on. One really good. quick before, before we leave. I want to think Who about where life either? was, where, where was life when we started the show versus where we are now? So that was what April 1st of 2018, I had two kids. Now mm-hmm. I have four. I was still a teacher. I'm not anymore. Anthony almost died of COVID, didn't. Oversaw the production of multiple great shows at the Players Club of Swarthmore. Anthony got engaged. We added Bundy. Bundy started a recovery center.
1: Yeah, I got fired. Had... Then I opened a recovery center. Right. Uh, came on with you guys. this rest is history.
2: A lot's happened in five years. It really yeah. has. That's
0: a lot. That is I good. Have. You know what? We've all done well. We've all glowed up in our lives. So good. Good on us. Look at where Good our
1: past family. took us, boys. The road less traveled has led us all <laughs> to the fabled corner. Right back to where we started. We fabled,
2: went right, fabled into corner. That,
1: right into the corner together.
0: <laughs> Big enough for Hitch.
1: Big enough for Hitch.
0: Big enough for Hitch. Great place to end. Uh, listen, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, whichever channel you're watching on, make sure you go over to the Snow the Goalie channel, youtube.com slash at Snow the Goalie. By the way, if you're listening in the podcast feed and you're like, that's just too complicated. I, I can't see it in front of me because – I'm listening through my ear holes and it doesn't make words pop up, that's fair. In the description of this episode, there's a link. It says like the episode's here and it takes you to the playlist on on the Snow the Goalie feed. So go subscribe, you can hit the little bell. Anytime we do a live stream this summer, anytime that we drop a new episode this summer, uh, you'll get a notification on your phone, your tablet, your computer, wherever you allow those notifications to go so you never miss an episode. I cannot stress this enough, okay? There are so many people who watch the show week in and week out between this and the Crossing Broad channel, but only a a percentage of those people subscribe to the channel. It's important that you subscribe to it. It it helps us out a lot. Um, The other thing is make sure that you follow the show on your favorite podcast app. So that could be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're on Pandora as well subscribe to the show or follow it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a five-star review. If you're on Spotify, you can click on the show page, and then there's a little star rating. You can leave us a five-star rating there. You can't leave words, but you can always you know send us an email, snowthegoalie at gmail.com. That's fine. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash snowthegoalie. You can find us on Twitter at snowthegoalie, at AntSanfili, at joyonbroad, at ctarian6. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Snow the Goalie and at all those handles as well. I believe all those links are also in the description of the episode. We're going to keep this thing going through the summer. Don't hold us to a specific schedule. Uh, can't promise that it'll be every week. Might be every other week. When we have a better idea and we have a schedule lined up, we will make that public on all the social media channels. We might even drop like a little thing in the podcast feed and on the YouTube channel as well to just give you an idea of like, hey, it's now May, we're going to do it on these dates. Or, hey, it's June, we're going to be going every other week until whatever. Might try to do something around the draft, still remains to be seen. There is a lot still uh, you know, that needs to be figured out with the Flyers. Uh, there's going to be news, they're going to hire a president of Hockey Ops, all that. They're going to remove that interim tag from Danny Briere. all those things. We'll be back, we'll do shows. If there's something huge that breaks, we'll do an emergency podcast, probably do some live streams. So Make sure you follow us, uh, you subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony, usually this is the point in the show where you say, oh, uh, Russell, we have uh, we have some five-star reviews. Uh, I haven't looked. Uh, I don't know if we have I, any I, new ones. You know
2: what? We do, but they're from people who've written them before. So I know you don't like to read those, so I'm not going oh, to suggest. That's a violation,
0: Bo. I'm not going to suggest oh. that you do. Um, a reminder to those people who like to leave repeat uh, five star reviews. Um, I don't know, like get your get your kid's phone and leave a five star review on their account. I don't know, just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm not saying not saying you know fraudulent or anything. But if you want to leave them? You can leave them. Um, yeah, I think you're right because the last one, yes, the last one was from the end of uh, March from a first time reviewer. So listen, if if you've spent the summer or you spent the season listening to us and you haven't left a five star review on Apple Podcasts yet, I don't know, consider doing it. Um, but anyway, for Ant, for Bundy, I'm Russ. We have some fun stories coming in the summer, by the way. Bundy wants to talk about what happened when he got let go from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Oh, yeah.
1: it's a great, I, I, f- I finally found out what happened because it was a mystery. I want. I can't wait to share the story. Man, there's a lot. There's a,
0: there's a bigger story that I'm hoping Anthony lets us talk about at some point here. And it's funny because we mentioned the player on the show earlier today. And um, boy, there was... There was one hell of a rumor going around about Cam Atkinson uh, this season, and the fun part about that, if and when we get to tell that story, is it's exactly what I said was going to happen, and you'll learn why. But where did that, where did that horrible, horrible rumor about an injury that wasn't actually the injury to Cam Atkinson, where did that come from? How did that happen? And why the fuck did somebody lie about it? Well. Hopefully we'll get to that this summer. If we don't, it'll be after we're done covering the team and this podcast goes defunct, we'll make sure that we reactivate the podcast feed and we'll drop that episode someday. But I think it might be this summer. We shall see, but trust me, that one is gonna be worth sticking around for as well. Anthony, do you have any uh, hot button stories that you wanna touch on this summer?
2: No, Ross, I don't have any anything else, thanks.
0: <laughs> He's gonna get so many text messages complaining <laughs> about things that have been said on today's episode. And all I will say is, if you have a problem with me, you you send me the text. You give me the call. All right, all right. Listen, yeah. thank you for a great year. Thanks for checking out episode number two hundred of Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers Podcast, the People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, Pampers Podcast, PD Podcast, the Only Flyers Podcast. We wish everyone the best off season coming up. Yeah. If you're a hockey fan, uh, you know wish you the best as you take in the playoffs. If you're a Flyers fan and only a Flyers fan, remember, don't cry that the season is over. Smile because Chuck Fletcher won't be here next year. Thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie. We'll talk to you again very soon.